Uh, it's going to be a uh, very, very crazy day um, here across Delmarva. We're recording this, and I'm going to start this off. We do this all the time, but start this off by reminding everybody we're recording this on Tuesday morning at about 11 a.m. Yes. Um, awaiting the big storm system that's uh, expected to bring some problems here to Delmarva. For, so for those of you listening, that we're going to talk about the setup here as we're mm. looking at the onset of the storm. Details of the aftermath we'll talk about next week's edition yes. of WeatherWise. I just want everybody to know where we are time-wise is a lot of people are going to be listening to this on a Wednesday or a Thursday. But um, I am Chief Meteorologist Rich Borzik this week, joined by Meteorologist Jake Grant. And we have a special guest, which uh, we'll uh, get to here in a little bit, from Dorchester County. Um, and uh, he's someone who has dealt with this type of flooding that we're anticipating uh, a few times in his uh, uh, time out in Dorchester yeah. County. So <laughs> we're, we're going to talk a little more about that. This unique situation with Delmarva when we talk about high winds, flash flooding, coastal flooding is always its own beast, if you will, compared to a lot of places that are inland that may not know that that's sometimes such a big problem for some of our communities. And um, as we're talking, Jake, already this morning, was it numerous tornado warnings in uh, the deep south, saw Panama City out of Florida, had yeah. a big tornado come uh, onshore, literally track onshore as a water spout becoming a tornado. Um, and it stayed on the ground for a while too, a lot of damage, just a sign of how much energy is with the system as it's approaching the area? Yeah, for sure. This is uh, one of the most impressive systems, I guess. Uh, maybe I have recency bias, but I've seen in probably a few years. This is a I would agree. monstrous uh, synoptic scale, meaning just very big scale. It's not a, being steered by anything. It's its own little thing. Uh, this morning I showed the water vapor as well, uh, kind of just showing the fuel source, and it had bright pink on it coming up from the Gulf, and you just see this streamline. It's going all the way up near the Great Lakes, and the Great Lakes also has a surge of moisture there. So th it has two different fuel sources. The low pressure is still way out near Missouri, but that exhaust that's coming out, it's like a very textbook-like structure to this storm and it's more of a we'll call it a great lake storm than a nor'easter that's also some important verbiage there that this isn't really a nor'easter this is just a very big spring fall type system transitional period that we see not really typical for winter at all not at um, all but i saw something where that line We'll get to this a little bit as we're talking about the system, but the line that's going to be coming through that uh, we both had had in our forecast is this line could potentially go from almost Canada down into the Caribbean near Mexico. That's just how big this system is and how much energy is associated with it. And lots of winds with this as well. This is going to be a windstorm as denoted in some of the verbiage from the weather service as well is what they're calling this for some of us and we're going to be dealing with the brunt of the winds here especially as, uh, as some models are a little more crazier than others but some of them were uh, you know they were spitting out 70 plus mile per hour yes. wind gusts several days ago and we were not discounting them but thinking okay 70 is a little yeah. 70 is a little high but now we're looking at the potential for 70 mile per hour wind gusts at least yeah. isolated in nature especially along the coast and without that coast, friction right. there um, yep. coming off the ocean I, that's what I had this morning, and, you know, we kind of talked, I guess, yesterday about the NAM and how everything has kind of been catching up to that in a sense. So I wouldn't be shocked if we saw, especially along some of the coastal spots, to get upwards of 70 miles an hour. 80, I don't think so, but you can't rule it out, especially once this system gets a little bit closer to us, we can kind of see how it's getting picked up 
and get better data as it gets closer. So it'll be interesting to see for sure because th this line that we're kind of focused on or I'm hyper fixating on is very, uh, that's going to bring over an inch and a half of rain within the span of two to three hours, the heaviest winds or the strongest winds, excuse me, and uh, we're already very saturated as well. So this is going to cause a lot more issues than if we weren't oversaturated. We already have puddles out there just from the rain we saw this weekend. And we're going to add another inch and a half, two inches to this as well. So. And even looking at our Ocean Downs Casino sky cam yeah. here out at the racetrack, you can just see all the water collecting um, in a naturally in an area that the water does take a long time to you know, filter out of the area. But just a sign of just how saturated the ground is. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a huge concern, obviously, coming in with a few more inches of rain in a short period of time, the prospect of flooding. But to back up to even talk about how have you mentioned this is not a coastal storm. This is not a nor'easter. This is something typical in the fall or spring. And that's made messaging for us as me broadcast meteorologists a little more difficult uh, because we are not calling it a coastal storm. The last several we've had have been on that uh, spectrum, know, spectrum yeah. if you will. You're right. And this is a, a true, like you said, textbook kind of um, – you know, fall transitional system, but it's also a gradient system too. We have strong high pressure, mm -hmm. which is off the coast. So we have this strong area of low pressure buffering up against this area of uh, high pressure. That's increasing the wind flow well ahead of this line that we're talking about. This basically a convective line mm -hmm. of uh, very heavy rain, high wind. So we're looking at the prospect of high wind gusts before that line gets here. When the line crosses Delmarva, that in itself could push down 60 to 70 mile per hour in isolated cases uh, wind. So, you know, severe thunderstorm wind gusts, we get to close to 60. Um, that's the type of wind we're forecasting here for everybody. You're going to treat this kind of like a thunderstorm event, um, the type of winds that uh, could be coming in with this setup here. So the low-level jet, sometimes we talk about that, in, you know, in the transitional seasons, mm. you know, in the fall or the spring. And the low-level jet playing a huge role here. Um, you know, how much of that wind really translates to the ground is one thing, but that thing's going to be screaming over top of us all day long. Yeah, and it's a prolonged period, too. Hence, we got a high wind warning, which we very, very rarely... I think the first one for me, and I've been here for yeah, over a year and a half. Yes, so. Uh, so they're very rare, and we have that. Basically, it's the whole southern tier of Delmarva on the peninsula to kind of orient people. Sussex County and below... Uh, going over, I think Dorchester's included as well, uh, if not Wicomico is. But re regardless, nonetheless, that southern tier of the peninsula is sort of closer where it kind of converges, closer to the waters, you get a little bit less of that friction. We're looking at also maybe a six-hour period of over 50 to 60-mile-an-hour wind gusts. That's not sustained winds. Sustained winds are looking maybe trailing 5, 10 miles an hour, but that's still we could be seeing 50-mile-an-hour wind gusts sustained for an extended period of time and with how saturated we are, like we kind of mentioned, that's going to cause or open the door for more issues with uprooting trees, power lines. I'm expecting power outages personally. I, I've been hammering that because it, just everything you, you look at it, you got the strong wind to the rain, whether it's, you know, some unfortunate circumstances happening for the power outage or not, we could be looking at just some lines timbering over because there's not enough dryness in that soil to stop the winds from kind of snapping a few things so uh it could be some stuff blown around especially people didn't lock some stuff down and i mentioned that as well this morning to kind of lock your stuff down because uh 60 mile an hour wind gusts nothing to play about especially near the coast where we could see those numbers get closer to tropical storm force or almost low 
hurricane numbers as well. Absolutely. And th it'd be probably a little too late for anybody listening to this <laughs> yeah. at this point. But yes. one thing I was pushing home on my uh, weather casts were, and you know, guilty of myself, other people, I know it takes a while after Christmas, you leave the lights up for a little bit because you like looking at them, leave mm. the decorations out there maybe. If this was an incentive to go outside and get those all taken down, I don't yeah. know what else would be, but that, um, that's what I was pushing uh, because securing your loose items and around the yard, especially with this type of a system, is critical um, because we're not talking about just brief wind gusts like you were saying, but it's sustained winds for Almost a while. Almost a six-hour period, yeah, of just very strong, and it's going to continue into tomorrow as and well. this so. is general, general winds um, that we're talking about, so we're not even looking at the potential of a tornado, which is a low-end potential from what, again, we're recording this on a Tuesday morning, what we're looking at. Uh, there is a massive tornado outbreak on, ongoing right now, or at least developing mm. in the deep south um, with this system. And some of that tornado potential we're watching this morning has been creeping up the coast. North Carolina is expected to be under the gun all afternoon and evening. But that lower end tornado potential kind of creeping up through yes. southeast Virginia. Now we're looking at some of it kind of poking into southern Delmarva. Yeah, and they haven't increased it yet from the Storm Prediction Center up into the immediate Salisbury area, but the Accomack County area is uh, part of the region that we are in. So it's getting close to the doorstep and just some under the layer stuff kind of digging through. Uh, something called a hodograph kind of shows the direction and the wind speeds as well. And they're kind of these, again, textbook look of stuff that I just did a few months ago of what a tornado hodograph can look like. And uh, looking at some of the soundings as well, there's a lot of directional shear with this as well. So that twist in the atmosphere is what that means. And different winds go in different directions creates that spin. And sometimes all you need with these big systems, especially here on Delmarva, is a little bit of that spin. You can get a microclimate play from either the Chesapeake or the Atlantic, and you kind of quickly spin something up. And uh, the trends is something important with these systems and that trend of more northward slowly each day. It's going up, 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 up. Like by 3 o'clock, it could be all the way up to here. Um, so some of the under the hood stuff with this system is very, very similar to something we would see for a tornado. Granted, it would be weak in nature, but it's getting to the point where you can't really rule it out to see the isolated spin up, uh, especially when we're getting, if we get this line, the line structures can really spin something up just with all that turn in the atmosphere. So it's an all-hazard day, essentially, here yeah, at Delmarvo, yeah. <laughs> with the exception of winter weather. We're yeah. obviously talking nothing like that. We're going to be looking at temperatures that are going to be pushing it to the low 60s by the evening. Uh, an idea, too, of the dynamics with this system, typically when you have uh, the milder air coming in from the south with the Gulf moisture that comes inherently with more instability. Like we talked about, this is more of a transitional fall-spring-type storm system that we're tracking here across the area. So. This is uh, something to, uh, you know, kind of keep in the back of your mind, too, on how the rest of the winter may play out when maybe there is enough cold air available. And uh, we do maybe get even more next of a hybrid week. coastal storm. Yeah, maybe even next <laughs> week we're talking about it, you oh, know. Already, yeah. So a very, very active storm track. And uh, one of the hazards we're talking about, uh, coastal flooding, which can be very uh, community, you know, determined, uh, you know, determine basically exactly where you live, of course, on the tributaries across Delmarva. You live in El inland Delmarva. Sometimes it's nothing close when we have flooding compared to what folks in Dorchester, Somerset counties deal with, just to name a few, um, like Crisfield, um, some of the uh, lower-lying areas there that typically get some high coastal flooding. 
with these type of storms, especially what we're tracking here with this storm, a strong cold front, due westerly winds, literally pushing the water from the Chesapeake Bay into that bay side of Delmarva. So I wanted to bring in a special guest here. This is Evan Adams. Evan, thank Hello. you for joining us. Uh, Evan is an intern for us, essentially. Uh, high school, which is High school. Crazy. And uh, would tell everybody where you go to high school. I go to high school at uh, Cambridge South of Chester High School. Okay, you want to give a shout out to like any of your teachers or anything? Any I just want to give a shout out to uh, Mr. Stewart, who is my um, environmental teacher. He really taught me a lot about environmental science that really got me more into weather. And um, shout out to Miss Shaw for making this all possible for me to come here and spend time with these great guys yeah. that I'm with today. That we appreciate. It. We love having you here. Evan uh, is for everybody listening out there is uh, um, you know really into meteorology. He's a uh, Head of the curb already. Head of the curb, exactly. Yeah, already got his first internship in high school. Yeah, and, it's uh, a very, uh, very cool guy that uh, we love having in here. And you have a unique perspective, Evan, being from Crapo, the Wingate area of Dorchester <laughs> County. Mm -hmm. One of these areas that I was just talking about that has to deal with coastal flooding on a, you know, a magnitude that a lot of us in Delmarva, unless you live by a tributary, don't seem to quite understand sometimes the severity of these storms when they come through. So. We wanted to bring you on and kind of talk a little bit about like what you experience out there in that part of Dorchester County. Yeah, most definitely. It really does affect us down there. Um, I mean, it's gotten so like much down there that we kind of got used to it. But storms like these, like the last time I could really think about like a big flood like this that I'm hearing is about, I say October 2021, where we had that flood across a storm system, I think it was. Um, and that was really affected us, but st flooding does really affect us down there. Um, with the ground being so saturated and with these winds becoming out of the southeast, which the last time I looked, that really pushes us up the tide where I live. And that's why I think the flood gauges are at ma major because of this wind that's just pushing all the, <coughs> sorry, all this tide in and it's just keep on piling up and it, um, you live in a low-lying, I mean, low-lying area. Very. All of Delmarva is low-lying, yeah. but, you know, some of the marshland out there, right? Um, Might even be below, yeah. May even be below. Um, yeah, it's most definitely below um, sea level. It's most mm -hmm. definitely below sea level because um, it's just so saturated there. It's just like the water has nowhere to go. It, it, it just goes in, then out. That's it. So how do you guys deal? I, I've, I've even been out there and I've seen sometimes you just get random like roads that this is well <laughs> after an event that everything's dry and all of a sudden you barely can cross it. Yeah. Um, you know, talk a little bit about that, uh, what you've seen and how kind of, you know, what are your neighbors? How do you, how do you all deal with this when, when you have lingering flooding and get cut off essentially from major routes? Um, it's really, really, we just stay home because there's nothing we can do. Like, I mean, I see a few people going down the road um, in the tide, but I wouldn't recommend that at all because <laughs> you, the car could be easily swept away, like right. easily. Like even three feet of water, three feet of water can sweep away a person off their feet. And then six feet of water can sweep away a vehicle off their tires. So that's why, that's why we don't really go anywhere, but some mm -hmm. people decide to do it anyways, but it really affects us a lot down there. It really affects us trying to get somewhere so that's why, like, if we do have major floodings, like the event that's coming up, we really have to cancel everything that we've had planned for that day because we just can't go anywhere because so, there's no routes to go to town. So you, do you, um, you know, obviously before you drove to school, how, how long of a bus ride or did you even have a bus ride to school? Because looking at that distance and, and some of these um, weather events, 
that's a trek, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, I used to ride a bus, but now I drive to school. Um, I used to have to go to one school, get off that bus, go into another bus, and then go wow. to <laughs> high school. It's, it's a bit it's, of a drive. <laughs> it's, it's at least a 30, 30 to 40-minute drive to wow. school every single day. So how did that in the past, I mean, do you, have you had situations where you just could not, you know, get to school? And, you know, you're part of Dorchester County. Um, even though school is open, you've had to basically, like you said, stay home. Yeah. Is, is, uh, I mean, they understand that, obviously, at your school, you know, where some of you all are coming from, from some of those communities. But I'm sure that made it very difficult for the school system to try to determine whether your part of the county was OK, you know, to basically yeah. pick up students. Yeah. Um, we've had many instances when I was in school that part of like our school that lived down where I lived got released early instead. And then all the other kids stay in school. Interesting. Because of the tide coming up later that day, because they all went to town. They all stayed in town. So they didn't have to worry about flooding as much as we did. So we got released early. And that's happened at least like four to five times since I've been in high school. It really happened during my sophomore year because that's when, that's when um, I was mainly riding the bus because my freshman year, I was just going with my mom every day to school. But um, my sophomore year, I was really riding the bus, and that's really what happened with me. I had to get on the bus and go home. And then we, like, as soon as we got home, there was just flood water everywhere. It's like, it's really unpredictable, to be honest, because the way that ground is just sinking and the way that it's just, the um, ground is so saturated, it's just unpredictable how fast that tide can come up. And factor in the wind this weekend, I don't know when that tide would be coming up, to be honest. Yeah, that's a good point because it's a good way to think this weekend storm, or sorry, this Tuesday storm is uh, a two-part storm almost. The worst effects to start look to be maybe towards the eastern portion of the coast, but then on the back end of the storm, at, like you mentioned, as this wind shift out of the southeast that is going to help push that water up towards mm -hmm. where you guys are at up in Dorchester County, that's actually where we're expecting more coastal flooding issues for tomorrow and this will be a lingering effect because there's wind shift and we're already getting that very uh, heavy rainfall on top of an already mm -hmm. overly saturated table of soil. So like you mentioned, it's sort of like you're getting the worst of it after the storm's already exactly. passed and those effects from these systems can be exacerbated because of how low lying it is over there. And like just the water has nowhere to go. Yeah. It just has nowhere to go because once it's there, it just stays there until it all drains out. Mm. And another fact to put in is that, um, like um, I've also saw about hurricanes, like when we get like hurricanes or something like that, the back end is always the worst for mm. us down there because the back end of the hurricane always pushes the water in. And that's what really brings us to flooding is really wind and rainfall really brings us flooding. So down. Essentially with that uh, exit of a strong area of low pressure from the tropical system, you know, uh, we look at it from the Atlantic side, the, the winds coming in from the east to the southeast, pushing the Atlantic water in. But uh, in, in a lot of people don't realize that the bay, you get, <clears throat> as you're talking about, kind of the opposite effect. When that area of low pressure moves out, that wind switches out of the northwest or west and just shoves all that water into those low-lying areas, which mm -hmm are, like you said, in some cases, maybe even below sea level, and a long stretch of that going into places like Dorchester, Somerset, Talbot counties. Um, compared to the Atlantic side, which, um, you know, there are a lot of areas that are marshy, uh, if you will, um, but, you know, the, the, the gradient starts to move up topographically. 
inland, I think, a little quicker on the Atlantic side than it does on the Bay side. So it just takes a lot longer for that water to move out, uh, yeah. essentially, and it just sits. And I know uh, after, I think, a couple storms ago, we've had so many now so far this winter, <laughs> I was getting a few Facebook messages from people on Deal Island that have the same problem. Yeah, where especially they're surrounded by water. They're surrounded by water, right? And they say it can be sometimes a week or more after a storm and there's persistent just standing water that's blocking some of the roads. And I know that Somerset County, unique in that fact that it has so many places, along with Dorchester County, Talbot, just to name some of these areas here, that have so many of these communities on these like little uh, peninsula-type little you know, areas that almost act, act as islands in some yeah. cases. Um, so it's, it's very unique. Um, it's exceptionally problematic on a short-term scale, too, as far as uh, understanding that, you know, even within Delmarva Peninsula here, that it can be dramatically more problematic for some of those areas, uh, especially along the bay side that we're talking about. But I uh, wanted to thank Evan. Thank you for joining us. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, hopefully things are going to be okay down in your area. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at some of those closings here. You may not have much school for the next couple of days. <laughs> I mean, hey. And then another system later this week, so you might even get you might even get a little bit later off next right. week, too. I mean, hey, I'm a senior this year, so yeah. I ain't complaining. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, on a lighter note, I would say this. From the school visits I do, a lot of kids asking, when are we finally going to get a snow day? At least some of the snow delays days are being used right now. Yes. Um, yeah. So... That's the way to look at it, right? I it guess is. the parents maybe not well, too excited about but having hey, to stay home. But, yeah. but hey, um, I've heard that I don't have to deal with this because I'm graduating. I mean, I graduate early enough that I don't have to worry about those backup days. So. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's so a senior thing. Bring on the that's delay. A <laughs> that's yeah, a senior there. Yours nice already got the senior, the senior thinking there. going. I love it. Well, Evan, thank you for joining us. Uh, maybe we'll have you on again here in the future. We could talk a little more uh, anytime we've got some problems in Dorchester County, especially uh, – your unique view on um, areas like Crapo, Wingate, some of those uh, marshy areas that are uh, much more impacted by the coastal flooding than a lot of places on Delmarva. So thank you for your insight. We definitely appreciate it. And I uh, want to thank everybody again at home for always downloading and streaming. We appreciate your support. And again, listening here on a Tuesday, uh, we're going to be recapping this on next week's edition of WeatherWise. But if you do have any storm photos or videos or just uh, your perspective of the storm as it came through your community. We'd love to hear from you. You can always reach out to myself, Jake, or Eric Alf over uh, WMDT.com. Our email addresses are on there. And of course, you can find us on all the social media platforms. But until next Wednesday, uh, this has been another edition of WeatherWise, the podcast from the meteorologist here at WMDT. We'll see you next Wednesday.